Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. Hey everybody, it's about that time again. I can't believe the time has gone so fast and this guest I have him today. I'm actually nervous and you know usually I speak fast, I know, but... I'm, I feel like a schoolgirl, and I feel I just feel like it's, I can't believe you actually said yes to coming on. I'm so honoured. I'm so honoured. So this guest I have on today is the amazing Jules Holland, and we're going to go in depth and talk about his his story, his history, why he's in, what he, why he does what he does now, who inspired him, who shaped him, and it's going to be a great two hours of just knowledge and education and just great music. So, Jules Holland, welcome on to Soho Radio. Thank you very Park. much for asking me, Terry. I'm, as you know, I'm a great fan of yours, your marvellous voice and your musicality. And so when you rang me and said, could you come on the programme, I thought, well, th- how could I say no? Uh, because you've not just got the shirts, you've got the knowledge and the enchantment. So here I am. It's very nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Um, the first record I've got, yes. actually, I've, uh, you know, because you did say just talk through the, as you said, what's musically shaped him. Yeah. So this is Sister Rosetta Tharp, and my mother had a 78 of this, and in my grandmother's small front room, mm. there was a little stand up piano, which was a pianola, which he was the one that played the piano roles. And, the, and my grandmother had got this as a wedding present mm. in 1937, they'd had it in their front room. And when of the um, war came, unfortunately, there was a bomb dropped at the end of the street. The windows of the house went in. My mother's like age six or something in a shelter at the back. The windows are stuffed in, and uh, but the the house is all right. But the piano outside of it is all charred, but it still plays okay. And you lift the lid up, and it all played okay. So my earliest memory of the piano to start with is this piano where my grandmother's saying, look, look, lift up the lid, it's all like nice, and the wood's all nice inside, whereas outside it was all sort of charred and play. And I had a very strong sort of memory of this, is like, and the smell of the piano and sort of sitting on Nan's lap and what have you, yeah. which we all have of Nan's. And then um, this record really came, and my mother had this record. She, my mother was young when she had me, so she must have been about... So she would have been about 24, 20... She was aged about 20 when she had me, but she was about... When I was about five or six, I remember this record. She had a 78, which she had mm. and had learnt, because before rock and roll came out, these were the records that people got excited about, which were either blues or gospel records. But mm. I didn't have a name for any of this music. I just knew that I thought when I heard it, it made me so excited. And when I heard it, I realised it was a sort of thing that my mother, my uncle, had been playing on the piano. Mm. So we're going to hear Sister Rosetta Tharp, and this is like my earliest memory was hearing this 78. It's a rather long-winded explanation <laughs> of my first record, but it's meant a Listen. lot to me at the time, and without that, I wouldn't have then gone and hit the piano because I wanted it to sound this like this. This is exactly what this show is all about. I don't care how long it takes you to explain it, as long as people understand why it means something to you. So introduce it on now. So this is Sister Rosetta Tharp, accompanied... and It was her guitar, of course, that inspired 
all of these people, from Johnny Cash to Jimi Hendrix, all these people, she's one of the first ones there with this rock and roll style of guitar. Mm. And uh, with Sammy Price, the fantastic blues piano player. And when I was a boy, of course, I didn't. Re- I thought it was her playing the piano. I didn't realise. And I didn't realise that she was from anywhere. She might have lived at the end of my nan's street, for all I knew. But I didn't associate her with a time or a place. I just associated her with her great music. The more I learnt about her, she was, in fact, one of the greatest icons of 1940s music. She was hugely popular and she had this boogie-woogie sort of gospel style that was sort of a great big deal at the time. Anyway, here she is. Wow, you know what? What a way to start off with, with the show because, see, it's funny, as you said, if this is the first record that's inspired you, I can understand why you do what you do because when I see you, you I know, I've noticed with you, especially with people that come, you get very excited about people that are soulful and that do gospel music. And even just the way that you can't, you know, you can't stop playing. Exactly. And I think it was unwittingly, I unwittingly absorbed that music. I didn't know what it was. Mm. I understand where it comes from and what it's about now. Mm. But as a, as, a, as a child, you just open up to a lot of sorts of music and think that's fantastic. Mm. You don't know that it's like kind of, you know, I, I was hearing probably pop records and things like that at the time on the radio, mm. but this might have been one of them. The fact, you know, so I'm, I'm aged, this must have been, I must have been about eight years old when I'm hearing this, okay. I suppose, something like this. Yeah. Um, and it was probably made... 20 years before I was eight years old. You know, it's probably made in the late 1940s. Yeah, of course, and, yeah. and this is in the 1960s when I'm eight. So it's like uh, it was very exciting and lifted me up to, to hear that. Then, <laughs> the end of the story is this. I treasured that 78, and one day I came in and somebody had sat on it. They've never owned up to this day. Fortunately, you can hear it now on Spotify and what have you and buy copies of it. But, yeah, the original one the got sat on. Exactly. Find you. They know who they are. And if they're listening... Just we know you. There you well, go. Yeah, exactly. We'll you listen. There's, there's a there's a headhunt out for you right now. Yeah. You see what we did to George. <laughs> okay, so the next two records, I think you mentioned, it was Stevie Wonder. Yes. Well, that's the first record I actually bought. That's like actually with money. Okay. Uh, well, it might have been a record token. I think actually I got a record token. I'd had. Um, I think well, actually it was two records that I bought. Uh, one I got given actually. This was, but I asked for this for a present because I'd heard um, uh, Stevie Wonder on the radio mm. and I again I was just so excited and the one um, it was and it was the title track of the album and I got the album and it was the first album I ever had really mm. and I played it I literally played it to death it wore out because <laughs> I played it so much and in fact when we first started playing it I was playing it on the 78 needle at the right speed so that helped to, to uh, speed up its, its process of destruction this great big sort of like playing it with a brick really um, <laughs> But the point, again, was that when I hear this record, it is extraordinary. Mm. Now I can see that it is maybe one of the greatest pop singles of all time because Mm. it's got everything... In less than two minutes, you've got all this incredible melody. The bass line is amazing. The the orchestration's amazing. His um, uh, uh, chromatic harmonica solo in the middle of it is so fantastic i thought i'll take that up and i won a whole tour in america with squeeze i bought a chromatic harmonica and every day in my room i just practiced doing this and by the end of the tour i chucked it in the bin because i just couldn't learn it was so tricky <laughs> but it was that thing it was just being obsessed with this song mm-hmm. and, and at the time at the time i thought it was i just love the sound of it now i can hear the reasons why mm. i loved it but i think we're going to play two because and the point was the album was really great for once in my life i think it's maybe one 
one of his greatest oh, albums, actually. Uh, and he's it's because it's when... And you can first hear him sort of reaching oh. out and being... and experimenting, which oh. he then went on to do uh, endlessly. You know, he constantly was looking for new mm. things and he's mm-hmm. finding new things. And it's a great example of, like, a really... He, you know, he's like a sort of a modern Mozart type of thing, really. But he, you, you know, can hear... You can You can hear here, here just his first steps at being... At finding his own voice rather mm. than one that like was kind of a created pop voice type of thing, you know. Okay. And so here he is in his nascent, which I believe is newly born, um, sound. So, uh, well, we're going to play uh, for once in my life, and then I think we'll follow it up with. Yeah, ain't no loving, and it's just and there's, a, there's somebody singing the harmony. I don't know, but it's just such a nice like vibe, you know. But how how old were you? Do you remember how old you were? So I think this record came out. I think this record came out in '68. So I would have been ten. So uh, I no I, one could at that well, okay. But and I just loved it, and I loved I had which we're not going to play all of them, but I had all of the. I went. I became a Motown obsessive, and the Four Tops I had, and Gladys mm. Knight, and all mm. of that, you know. So then years later, when I met Gladys Knight and played with her, you think, oh, I can't believe it, you know. And there we are. So, anyway, but here is Stevie. Lover, lover, lover. Okay, so there was Stevie Wonder and mm. me when I was ten. 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 Yeah, I would have been ten. And about the same time, so when you're, it's a very impressionable age. Mm. That age, mm. if you're doing music or whatever you're doing, actually, mm. whatever anybody's doing in their lives, they would probably tell you when they're that age. It's all of the things that probably that you're trying to figure out for the rest of your life, whatever it is, actually, is around so about true. that sort of age. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was lucky because of this music was feeding him, and also, you know. Uh, my my mum and dad they like jazz and blues and 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 classical records and a lot of uh, and and pop records at one at the time so I was hearing a lot of interesting stuff you know mm. it was it was it was a good time anyway the Beatles also came up onto my uh, radar and one of the reasons was they that they came up is that they were also uh, they were the only people that had a piano groups were is all either guitar groups. Or Stevie Wonder, you could hear a bit of piano going on in the background. But so I, I wanted to hear piano, you know, because I was I, by, by, by the age of ten, I've been to at, sort of trying to pick, play Sister Rose at the Tharp for two years. Oh, so I'm so I want to be hearing some piano, and I and and when you're you, but but like you know, I'd been to do the uh, they're trying to give me a music lesson at school, the dance of the pixies, but I didn't want to know all about that. I wanted to boogie, you know, <laughs> you know. My uncle had shown me a bit of the, the boogie, and I wanted to sort of go into that world. Yeah. But then I heard this record, and it was great because i realized that the beatles two things i realized that the beatles had been listening to must have been listening to some of the same things that, that i've been listening, listening to. to they've been listening to fats domino they've been listening to hump playing the old new orleans boogie music humphrey littleton you know so they've they've kind of um been inspired and then taken off into an abstract direction but at this stage i have to say terry i as far as i knew stevie wonder and the beatles all might have lived at the end of my nan street i had still no perception of where that's the music what, was coming from that they I were from this. liverpool or stevie was this. from detroit it was all just yeah. like this great sound it's mm. only later that you start to learn about the, where the music comes from and it is quite important because it changes very, the story of it but that comes later the first bit is like just lovingly in a, well, like a child, I was a child, liking that sound. Mm-hmm. So um, this is uh, Lady Madonna, and I would draw the listeners' attention to the fact that um, uh, 
the drumming on this is really great. There's something just quite tricky about the drumming. It's not quite what you think. Uh-huh. And Ringo Starr is one of the most underrated drummers. He's a really amazing drummer. And I said to him once, who's your favourite drummer? And do you know his favourite drummer is Earl Palmer. And Earl Palmer is the person that played on all the Little Richard records. He played on uh, Mission Impossible. In fact, if you look him up, he's played on more records than anybody ever. But he's got this same thing where he plays. Ac- he's just playing slightly across the beat. So uh, I'm giving you a bit of the technical inside track there. Um, but the, the same thing, I thought, I got this, and then my mum worked out and showed me how to play it on the piano. Years later, Paul McCartney came on the show, and it's like, wow, this is fantastic. And I, I said, you know, I learnt uh, Lady Madonna. He said, oh, she'd play it to me. So I played it. He said, no, it doesn't go quite like that. And he said, I'd do this little sort of tricky bit. And he showed me. I thought, I can't believe this is happening to me. You know, it's unbelievable, you know. Here we are. Paul McCartney showing me how to play Lady Madonna. This is why I love the moment. Put this is the whole point. It's the stories that people don't know and hear. This is my point. I didn't know this about a little bit. Anyway, go on. This is Paul McCartney. Even though, even like the lyrics as well, like you know, you had to mend your stockings the next day. Nowadays, you can just buy a new pair of stockings, and it's yeah, so remember, that's right. you remember, like, that was the 60s for you. Just, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> no, like, you, you they think it. people think it was all like free love and like hanging around and you do. smoking pot. No, it was mending your stockings <laughs> for most of us. You were lucky like, enough to have stockings. Look at it, exactly, because I'm always like, I want to be part of Woodstock, but it's like, no, it wasn't as easy as that. You had to mend your stockings. <laughs> and a little aside, I'd just like to say, a little bit of Beatles Stevie Wonder info yeah. is that when. Um, they had the Jubilee concert a few years ago. I was fortunate enough to do it, and I was in, and they had sort of drinks afterwards. Big load of people having drinks. But but Stevie Wonder and Paul McCartney were there because they'd both been playing at it. Of course, yeah. and Stevie Wonder co- covered a uh, what was it? Beatles song he did. Uh, we can work it out. And, and and I think Beatles had done one of Stevie's. Anyway, they were but there was a point, and they went over and they were cuddling for so long. It made me really happy. I don't know why it was. I, I wasn't in the cuddle, but I felt like I was. And I just said, because it was not a short cuddle, it was just a long cuddle. It was just in silent cuddle. It was so sweet. It was sweet, a real Steve. cuddle, that's Two why. Two giant real. musics cover, uh, cuddling together. It was real, that's why. That's yeah. why you made you feel happy. Exactly. exactly. So next, I, I see that you've got a roof for the Queen. Well, but not forgotten, you know. The Queen, exactly. Now, I, I, this isn't. This is a record I've got relatively recently in the last few years mm. because I, al- I was always constantly looking for... M- when I feel like an artist, I've realised from that early time that it, was, it, it wasn't the songs, it was the artist, it was a singer. Mm. It's a singer, not the song, mm. or the, the artist. So I'd find an artist I like, that like might be Aretha Franklin, it might be Ray Charles, it might be Jimmy Yance, whoever the, the, these people are, mm. and then I'd try and get everything of them because uh, if I thought, if I like one thing, I'm going to like something else by them. But then I'd methodically go through it, you know. Mm. Um, and often i found that the greatest hit isn't the greatest hit for me, it's the, it's the little details of their work that's really great. Mm. Now, with Aretha Franklin, I think she's been a big influence on me, my piano playing as well, mm. because uh, her piano playing... I nearly chose one of her... She, there's, it's, I mean, this is rare as rocking horse poo, as they say. <laughs> uh, in, but in, in, there is a version of her pl- um, playing Hard Times, the Ray Charles instrumental. Mm. I was going to choose that, but instead I've chosen this because... I think, you know, people say, oh, this was the best thing, Aretha Franklin. When she went to Atlantic, it was this, or when she did this, it was this. But, you know, I sort of feel as whenever you're, you're hearing Aretha Franklin, you're hearing what 
I'm going to play now, okay. which is her, and I think she's aged about 14, and she's in a church, and somebody's recording it, not particularly well. Oh. Yeah, but No, fantastic they have, but quite sort of crudely, on a sort of crude old tape recorder, at the back of the church, oh. you can hear the people shouting out. It must have seemed to those people in that church, wherever it was, on that day with this uh, uh, very young woman, who I think had already had a child by then, by the way, mm. who led a life, you know what I mean? Mm. To hear this young woman sing it, they must have thought, this is a miracle. Mm. How can this voice... Uh, you know, it's, This is like one of the greatest works of art you can ever hear. Yeah. And I think that from all of her work, to me, you hear echoes of this but this is the very essence of it was this is before she started before she's even grown up okay. but you can hear the beginnings of what she's going to be and the um and uh, and the lyrics are quite appropriate to that Arifa, 14 years old amazing there she was in the church. I mean, that's everything to me. Mm. That record is sort of that's 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 all there is. It's the yeah. beginning of her for me, and it's the essence of what. And she it's is. true, you can really hear it. Yeah. As you so said when it. you hear those hits later on, what you're hearing is that same How child singing in the church. Crazy. Really. So what's next? So what's next is well, it's not only people, but sometimes places that inspire me. You know, mm -hmm. I very much like the music from Jamaica. I very much like the music Come on, from, the best. Uh, from um, which we'll be getting on to in a moment. Uh, I also like the music from New Orleans. Mm. I always was very, and I liked, when I went to New Orleans, I really liked it and felt at home. I loved the mm. people. Mm. There was something very relaxed and quite like. strange and mystical about the yes. people there. Yes, it's a little voodoo there, isn't it? Yeah, like, exactly. Mm -hmm. And um, so... Uh, I'd, um, in fact, I was thinking of having Walk on Gilded Splinters, which is what that's all about by mm. Dr John. But I thought instead I'll go back to one of the earlier masters. But, of course, you've got to remember the early people like Jelly Roll Morton and, and Louis Armstrong came from there. Yeah. And they're the people that would argue between themselves about which one invented jazz. You know, now we're talking the greats, you know. This is like, this is the beginnings the of it. You know, the greats, they're inventing the, the thing, you know. And... Um, uh, but I've gone to the mid period, let's say, of jazz, not the, not that early, the sort of 1920s, but the uh, 1950s, and Fats Domino. Mm. And um, I visited him at his home, and I wanted. We were doing this film about New Orleans music. I was doing this film, um, and Lee Dorsey had been in it, and Alan Toussaint, all these wonderful people, Dr. John, and uh, and, I, and somebody took me to Fats Domino's house, which was wonderful, and um, and he was very nice. And his hobby was cooking. He offered me some food and that and. Uh, so thanks very much. He said, what are you doing? Was and it I good? Said, the food? It was delicious, <laughs> as you'd expect. Absolutely delicious uh, yeah. uh, cornbread and some chicken. <gasps> it was lovely. And mm. um, and he said, so what, what, what do you want to do? And, uh, and this guy said, tell him what you're doing, George. So I, I spoke, talked to him through the whole film. And at the end of it, he said, um, I, I like this guy, but I can't understand a word he's saying. <laughs> I'm doing because of my London voice. I said, oh. So this uh, Quint Davis, who did the jazz festival, was there with me. He said, he said George, play him something on the piano. So I played him this because I knew this piece. Mm. And he said, that's my music. Oh, I said, I know, I love you, I've been studying you. He said, oh, I'll be in your film, yeah, and he was. So, so music speaks much louder and much clearer than, 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 than words, which I'm probably, using at the moment. But, but the thing is, probably because you probably played it, and the fact that you played it in a certain way that he understood that you got it, that makes him even respect you even more. I get it. Well, I, I get should it. see that I loved him. You know? Exa exactly, because you listen properly. I get it. Here we go. We're going to rock, we're going to roll until tomorrow
you know what? That I listened. I literally couldn't stop moving. Yeah, the nice dance. <laughs> I anyway. know. We just had a little. <laughs> it was awesome. Oh uh, my god. So Fats Domino is like oh, uh, it's a marvelous best. part of. It's, it's very New Orleans. It's yes. About yes. It. And the, the other marvelous thing about him was, of course, that when he toured. Uh, you know, he, his music always sounded like that when mm. he toured, not because he was trying to sound like his records, but that's just that was his sound. Mm, mm. And I think it's really great when people just are them, that is their sound. Mm -hmm. They are themselves. Their their sound is them somehow. Yeah. You know, it's their personality. It's their life. It's them. So he's it was he was wonderful. So if you saw him uh, in the in the eighties or in the forties, it was the same the same thing. And you it's saw. funny you said it because I said when I watch you play, the, the enthusiasm, the excitement, like you are like. When you, even when you're talking about it, so much is making sense when you say about the records that we inspired you, because that's you. This is I can hear that, I can see you. And I've learned a lot from like listening to mm, him, but mm. also but being with some of these the people as well, some yeah. of these great people that you love, just being with them, for little, bathing in their company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, eating fats is... Food. Um, eating fats is food. Uh, I mean, it, nothing is better than that. Mm, that is as should. good as you could No, so it's be. a big compliment as well, and it's respect, because if you like someone's food, that means, you know, because someone can cook and you don't like their food, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't have said, I would have said I loved it. Whatever like, it was. Even, it, even if it tasted like glue, you know. Oh, it's oh, fantastic. <laughs> it's my favourite. But it was really nice. See, there's really good. Yeah. It's even better. Yeah. Okay. But so then, the other, uh, then you, the other New Orleans person, you know, Jelly Roll Morton, I'd love to listen to, you know, um, Louis Armstrong. I spent, uh, you know, you could listen to him forever. Forever, like, you that and, voice. He's one of those people you go deeper and deeper and he's playing. Mm. Um, but then the other person was Dr. John. Um, and uh, he was great because he started out, his father used to install jukeboxes in New Orleans, and so he used to go around the clubs, and he was a guitar player, and then switched to piano. And he was a great sort of uh, mystic, sort of strange figure that would just appear and then disappear in those strange New Orleans sort of ways that you did. it works. You can't quite work out how it happens mm -hmm. anyway. Um, but I was going to play a song that I wrote with him, which he and we've lost Dr. John sadly now, well, as we have with Fats and a lot mm. of the people I'm playing here. But the the um, I wrote this song with him, mm. and it's based on an 18th century poem. And when I sat down with him, I said, Look, I've got this 18th century poem that's got a chorus. And he said, Which I think is like part of that sort of voodoo world. He said, Well, you know what they say when the uh, when the meat world's laughing, the spirit world's crying, and when the spirit world's crying, the meat world's laughing. Hey. Take that as you will. And we wrote this song. It's to the kingdom come. Do you know what, yeah, Andrew? I just noticed something. Like, you've got a little vibrato going on. I'm looking a little disturbed while you're singing. Look at style, Miss Well, I'm feeling embarrassed Monsieur. now with my vibrato. Don't, don't oh. feel embarrassed. Just stick a style. I like it. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I've listened to a lot of old blues records. No, but you can hear it. Like, because at first I'm like, is that you singing? It's like, oh, because I've heard you sing, but not that, that often. You know what I'm saying? So, mm. Yeah, I get in there sometimes, yes. you know. I don't like to get in the way, but sometimes if it's not in the way... If it makes I'll, sense, I'll, you have to do it, innit? It exactly. Sense, exactly, that's all you can do. <laughs> I love the fact that you understand that I'm speaking to you. Even, <laughs> even if it doesn't make sense, actually, I'll get it in. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Get it in. So um, what year was that was when, you, when you did that record? That record must have been, I think, probably around about maybe 2000 and... Well, that's quite recent. Three, four, five, I don't know. It was like maybe 15 years ago, okay. something like that. So not that um, and... Um, and uh, and yeah, Dr. John was great. I mean, he mm, was quite a remarkable uh, person who had been seen a lot, played a lot, mm. and and again, who was very good to me. And we we did a few recordings together and wrote together. And he always had like an interesting take on whatever. No. And I like. I think people have got an interesting take of kind of with their 
character, mm. you know. And again, his character is his music. You're, it's one and the same. The, the music and the and the character mm. are the same. It's okay. a bit like if you look at somebody's painting and you kind of know it's them. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. For them, yeah, it's the yeah. same. It's the same. They're the signature, isn't it? Exactly. Mm. And if you hear you sing, and I know it's you. It's not. It's you. It's your personality. It's yeah. your being that we're hearing. You know, connecting with. That's what you like. That's yes. what we like. That's what we like. Okay, next. What's next? I just got Next. You. Well, uh, the blues. And the blues is such a big thing for me because I'm always, I always feel better when I hear the blues. Mm. And blues and gospel music is inextricably linked at the beginning, of course, mm. be, because it's the same sound coming out. It's the same people in uh, in a, a, a difficult time yeah. in, uh, in you know, from, the, I suppose, the end of the 19th century, um, you know... But there's a different message is going on. Yes. But the blues yeah, are very funny. Very and there's also, when you think of what's going on around the world musically when the, in the 20s and the 30s, the blues are really ahead of the game here. You know, they're talking about stuff that's cheeky, it's sexy. It's also, it couldn't really care, care less what people think about it. It's not like showbiz. Uh, it's like uh, much more... Um, you know, like like punk music was like that. We couldn't care. That's what we think. We don't. We don't care whether you like us or you don't like us. <laughs> yeah. This is what we're doing. Yeah, mate. yeah, yeah. And it's got a certain worldly wiseness to it. Yeah. And um, it's not all about things awful things happening it's mm. about it's often about a way of finding a way to around get a it. pretty awful situation because there's no doubt that people were in pretty bad situations mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it was but the, you know when you go out for a night out you don't want to be reminded of your awful <laughs> situation you want to either be lifted up or taken in a roundabout way to it also i was going to play one later by bessie smith i mean talk about innuendo you've never heard anything like it so a lot of records they never got played on the radio yeah because also they, did, they weren't playing records by black people at the time but also because the lyrical content actually was too strong for the role of a suburban tastes yeah. of mainstream radio in the 20s and 30s. You know, Because oh, as you said, the fact that they weren't played, how would people even know that, that they exist? No, so but, how did you find them? But I found them, I suppose. So my uncle used to play blues piano and there was a whole underground movement of ah, blues, people who like blues music. Okay. And I think the same thing happened with maybe ska music when it first happened here mm, in Britain. Mm. Blues music was another style. Folk music was something else. It wasn't like in the mainstream pop music. Yeah, because yeah. the And I think this is quite important music sometimes, the attitude in it is different. Yes, yes. And that's what we were getting. But it had a big following here, and it historically it had a following. You know, from the 1950s, um, people had liked, it was, you know, the, the people have been big jazz fans here, and trad mm. jazz, and the trad jazz led to the blues. You know, it was like, mm. so people like um, uh, Sonny Boy Williamson and B.B. Uh, King, they toured over mm. here, mm. and Big Bill Brunsey is one of my favourites. Mm. Uh, all these people have toured. So people were, at, there was a huge appetite, it, not just in... Britain, but in the whole of Europe for this music, probably more of an appetite than there was back where it came from. Yeah, yeah. But then it then it all brought it back round again, and of course it influenced a lot of the people that were like you know whether it's Eric Clapton or Van Morrison, a lot of the big people who were in Britain who were growing up hearing a bit of that music. And I'm sort of next generation on, but I sort of heard a lot of that music as well. And I heard, I identified with it more. If I heard the pop songs of the day with the people singing to the to teenagers about oh I love you and I miss you. Oh, that's all right, even when I'm a teenager, but I don't really want to hear that as a teenager. I want to hear sort of grown-up men and women talking about sex and important <laughs> things, you know what I mean? Important. Much better. Yeah. So the blues ones seem much more... It was, it real, was, it was real. Much more real. And that's honest. Right. And honest. More, mm. not, not honest and more of an attitude about it. Yeah. This next one, it actually, lyrically, it's just about a person being a bit tired, but it's got such a great feel. I mean, all those blues guitarists, I just love them all. You know, B.B. King was a friend. I loved him. Mm. Johnny Guitar Watson, I never met, which was this is. T-Bone Walker is the person that really starts Walker. it all he's Walker really great i mean he's he's the the, the 
I mean, there's so many great ones. Freddie King, you know, there's just there's, there's lots mm. of great ones. But here is um, Johnny Guitar Watson. And the feel on this, again, it just makes me want to sort of, you know, get going. There you go. I'm too tired. I'm too tired for anything. I'm, I'm too tired, you I did. I'm, I'm just tired. I'm tired now. <laughs> I'm too <Very> tired. <laughs> I love... You were just saying how sexy it is and how it just makes you just want to... Yeah, and of course, and you know it's funny listening to this now. When I picture your show, even when I came on that first time, and remember my mum, she was part, like the like the, the your, your staff. They kept giving everyone drinks, and by the end of it, everyone was just on a vibe. Because the show, I think everyone was just making sure that everyone was a vibe. But like the energy, it makes sense now when you watch Jules later with Jules. Why the energy is that way? Because I think you're really trying to like kind of replicate re- 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 that. I'm, I'm trying to channel Johnny Guitar. Yes, that's right, actually, I, can, I, I, can, am. I can tell. I am. That is what that's I can how, tell. That music. That's how I feel. I can, that's how I want it to be like. Especially when, when you get in the when you get in the piano. Especially, I'm like, okay, Jules, when he gets on the piano, it's, it's about to be a wrap, it's about to go off, and that's exactly what happened. This, that's right. Exactly. And when, it was, when we play, you was you were there, call and response, just shouting out, is too tired. Yeah, yeah, it was. It makes you feel like it makes that, you feel like you're part of it, yeah. though, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Anyway, enough about me. Going on to you. Going. So, what's next? So, so next, well, the other thing, so Jamaican music is the other thing that then I got. Um, um, I suppose I must have been about fourteen, and my older cousin Robert. Robert had dear Robert. Um, well, I say that he did used to uh, because he was the older cousin. I was sort of became basically the servant, uh, <laughs> surf, um, go you know odd job. Well, that's what happens, though, you know, it's yeah. just my job to do everything for, for them. That's what they do for you to be around. Mates, but then, but then uh, I had the great privilege of being allowed to be with them. Ah. So anyway, and what they did, they had some little youth clubs. I can't remember what, but what the, all they played. It was all of the early Trojan records. Okay. Oh. So, and I really loved all of that, you know, Double Barrel and oh, it was great. It was yeah. Like all of this stuff. And um, so that, uh, uh, and again, I probably was maybe 14, and it felt like it was underground music as well at the time because you didn't really hear it all on the radio. Mm. One or two you did, Mm-mm. but it was like, it was that was it was a quite exciting because you felt this is like music that is kind of not secret forbidden it's, it's, it's forbidden it's that's right I mean, it's what we what, what people don't know about you yeah. can't hear it on the radio it's not mainstream yeah it's our culture sort of thing so they were all they had their ben sherman shirts and their um and i, I had their Fred Perry and all that stuff yeah right? exactly and they, they you call it mod you call it that's about the mod, yeah, mod is, what would they call it they had, and they had these sort of uh, brogue shoes that sort of a very sort of posh farmer might have had um oh. But I couldn't have any of those, so I was there. There in my sort of uh, what are they called? The ones with the the animal prints on the bottom of them, uh, and had a compass in the heel. What? Anyway, yeah, they, it, I just I, I was just a bit too young, you know. I was three years younger than them. And I couldn't bl- desperate to blend in, but couldn't. Didn't have a Ben Sherman shirt. Didn't have the right shoes. But I loved the music. And then the more I looked into it. And again, it had the same effect on me mm. as the blues music did. It made me want to dance mm-hmm. and feel good, mm-hmm. you know. It, mm-hmm. it just it was like about feeling, not about thinking yes. too much. You there know, you it go. wasn't about loads of chords or anything like that. It was about like this is like a great feel, man. Yeah. This is great. So um, I really then started looking into the music more mm. and went back. Like, where does this coming from? Okay. You know, this music, this Jamaican music. And actually, I've, I've sort of studied that a bit, and I love it. You know, going back through the records of the right back to, you know. Um, the early people and the, anyway the, have you have you been uh, to jamaica sorry have you been to jamaica yes so then i went i was very lucky i went in the 80s and we did a, f- a little film about the music in jamaica at the time. Okay. lee scratch perry was there i loved it and i bought a <laughs> load of records there actually this was in 1985 i think and i bought a load of records and the one that i bought um 
uh, had this on it. Oh. Uh, and I didn't know about the Scatterlights and Roland Alfonso at the time. But it really completely blew me away because I just, the sound of it, mm. as soon as you hear Roland Alfonso or the Scatterlights start to play in this type of period, the whole, like the room, it becomes, everything becomes swinging. The, just the, the lights start swinging, the, everything. It's just got the right vibration and it's a room you've got to be in. It's like, whoa, what is this? And it's like a secret special place. A vibration. And, and then later, I was very fortunate because uh, Rico Rodriguez, the great trombone player who played with Bob Marley and all the people who come over, oh. was one of the first people to come over from Jamaica, played with my orchestra for quite a bit. He sadly... I remember no Rico. Yes, well, sadly, he's no longer with us. And then... Uh, Ted right? Yes. Um, and and his oh, and Michael Bammy Rose, who is friend, you know that, and so I learned a lot from oh. them about that early sound because that, they were what, some of the first people to come over um, oh. and bring that music uh, with oh, them, you know. Oh. But anyway, but this was this is the record that I had, which I bought in Jamaica in a second hand shop. I think I negotiated them. I managed to. I don't know. I think somebody. Had, Put something in my cigarette. So I managed to, when I was buying this record, I managed to go negotiate the bloke up, if you see what I mean. Like, yes, exactly. Not down. Not down, no, exactly. But I got back and I was really pleased anyway. Yeah, yeah. I got the record, record, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> Boogie done, did we just add, right? Well, love a little boogie there. Love a little boogie there. Because of the uh, yeah, lovely vibration created by the Scatterlights. Well, no, sorry, but Roland Alfonso, who's part of the Scatterlights. Yeah. That lovely sound of him playing a saxophone just sort of lights everything up. Michael Bammy Rose is the man that says, now you can hear, of course, playing that marvellous music. Mm. Um, and uh, Dear Rico was one of, you know, yeah, was one of the people that brought that helped bring that music over. And it's still, when I hear it, it just makes me, it just lifts me up. You know, it does. It's, it's, as soon as you hear it, it just feels, I, yeah. I can smell the rice and peas, I can smell the chicken, I can smell the chicken in the house, I can just feel the, the warmth in the air, I can smell the incense as you're playing it, because that's from my childhood. Yeah. My mum playing that when I was growing up, so yeah. Really lovely yeah. music. Great music. Love and, it. Uh, and very uh, again related to a place is yes. That's I think there's certain places invent or sort of in the right place and the right time or whatever to invent a certain style, and that that whole style was invented. It's unique, completely uh, unique and invented in Jamaica, nowhere else. Mm. You know, obviously they've heard things from outside, but they've come up with that, which is it's like one of the greatest inventions of all time, really. And the same way as like you hear that, that blues and jazz music. I mm. mean, it's, it's the most important and the greatest invention that America ever came up with. Mm. All, it's all that was mm. actually all of that music. Mm. You know, I was talking to my friend Gregory Porter, the singer. Oh, and stop, it, stop. It, so I'm sorry, just boom, the name. Boof, there's another I'll name. Just drop. Drop but what we said was, <laughs> we did say that, that it was like, so although that music, when we've listened to the early records, the American ones, you know, some yeah. of those people were having a really hard time, mm -hmm. a horrible time. But out of that came this incredible music, which is the most important thing the country's ever come up with, really. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it keeps us safe. For the rest of the world, you know, they had paintings and they had sculpture and they had all that, but they never had that. That music was a, it was a unique, brand new invention. And it's different because, as much as you can look at a painting, but when you're actually feeling it's making you move yeah, your exactly. body, it's a different exactly. feeling. Exactly. It's, it's different the highest, highest it's a, it's a level of art right? that there is, I think. Yeah. I think so. I think it's very healing. Oh, God, this has been so awesome so far. So um, what's next? <laughs> well, piano players, and there's loads of piano players, of course, um, and, you know, I've, I've got a list as long as a very, very long person's arm. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I like Pete Johnson, I loved Albert Ammons, these early boogie-woogie players, they were mm. great. And I loved the stride piano players, and um, I was thinking of how, having 
Donald Lambert, who's one of the most, you know, these plays, people that played this stride piano. Again, a complete unique invention. Fats Waller, he's like, it's sort of amazing. I but um, I've chosen this one by Oscar Peterson just because it's sort of, it's got an element of the blues. It's the, the Honey Dripper, which was written by Joe Liggins. Again, I, had, I think that was kind of had some innuendo in there, but I can't look. I love sure. I love all the titles he's given um, me. Awesome. And, um, but it's just Oscar Peterson. It's just a blistering bit of jazz piano, um, which is uh, like two and a half minutes long. Brilliant. Listen, like for me, I think anyone that's into music and wants to become a musician or even wants to become an artist, I think this this is going to be a very important listen because just the fact that like everything that you've done and the people that you also inspire and the people that you put on, like the next song that you said is going to be a song that we've done together. But um, I remember coming on your show and I was green, I was signed to a label and I was, you know, I had the whole full 11 piece band I performed and you were like, oh, no, I know, I know I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not meant to speak to you, but come and have a chat. And I remember sitting there thinking, what the hell is going on? You was asking me all these questions. I was so like blown away and then after that obviously we ended up working together and then I went on tour with you but at the time I didn't understand what it meant Jules I'm not gonna lie I was like I'm just, I was literally just excited to be there but now listening back to the record listening back to even what the topic is and what the even content of what it meant I didn't know like I just didn't know and again music again makes you travel to places without you realizing where you you know what I'm saying? you have well, to I, once you trust it I think you're absolutely right music does take it it's mad often you least you weren't expecting to go you weren't expecting. and once you start and the more you look the more you find now I'm very lucky because I see a lot because I see a lot I can also I I know something good when I see it <laughs> and I heard you on the show and um and I'd heard your record we know this Jules on. we know and, this and and I just I but your voice absolutely knocked me out because you've got this sort of resonance and depth of voice and depth of communication and also you're very committed to your own music which is really great you're like an artist who has an, a proper spirit and a proper attitude which is the most important thing for you it's never been just about like having some pop hit you, you want to go deeper we than know that this. and so when I said to you I've got this song which is actually written about uh, yes. people who are on the spectrum that, yeah. who might have, uh, uh, you know, the autistic spectrum, yeah. which on the one end of it could be somebody who just maybe jogs their knee up and down quickly when you're talking <laughs> to them, which doesn't hurt at all. Yeah. But on the other end of it, it's somebody who can't speak. Mm. So, and there's a lot of people in the middle of that. Mm. Probably we know we might be related to them. We might bump into them. Very true. And it's sort of just a song about people that are misfits. And so uh, when I'm you said you were going to sing it, I thought or I, I said, would you be, if we're doing a record, it'd be great if you wanted to sing it. And I was so pleased that you do because your voice illuminates whatever you sing and makes it come do, to life. You're going to make me stop, you're going to make me cry. Enough is enough now, enough. So I can't, I can't breathe right now. Could you play it, please? Thank you. <laughs> oh, listen, every time I listen back to that, even, I just feel like. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank no, you. I tell you what, thank you for saying. When you sang my song, it illuminated and turned it into something great. You know, it turned it's, it. For me, if you if if you know you write your own songs, anybody mm. writes anything. It's a bit like if you write a song, and a really fantastic singer sings it. It's a bit like if you've written a story and a yeah. fantastic director makes and great actors then play it for you. You know, it's like it's very moving. So mm. for me to hear you sing that at the time was very moving. And the subject matter is quite. Yes. You know, I think a lot of people when I the record came out didn't realise quite what the subject was about mm. but that's what it's about it's people who don't quite fit in yeah and i think i didn't realize that until after i was like you know what this song could be about me because a lot of it i relate to could be about a lot of us <laughs> a lot of us exactly okay so next what's, what's next what's next so next for well, funny enough we were talking
talking about... I don't know how George Benson came up. We had a spoke about it, and I said... You, yeah. I said him playing, people that can play, and then when they can play and sing at the same time. Yes, and, yeah. that's right, you said exactly, about yeah. his guitar playing. And it made me think, we were... we Now we're all in this lockdown world, <laughs> but we world. had some shows. We were hoping to do some shows with my big band and George Benson, which would have been such a dream. That would have been crazy. Um, and, of course, because of all this, that, that, I don't know if that's going to come together. Mm. But he is another person who's amazing, and he did do a track with us, and so I've, I've done a little switcheroo, and I've, I'd like to play this one, because it's quite, it's just got a nice, it's got a great uh, vibe, and it's again, it's one of those old, like the Johnny Guitar Watson uh, song. It's mm. one of those old sort of uh, R and B songs from the R and B period of the sort of late forties and fifties. Mm. And uh, and he and I was talking to him for some reason, and he liked this song, so here it is. Yeah, you know you got me talking in my sleep now. Yeah, I'm just walking and singing and things backwards. Oh, you know what's what I love about Soho Radio? People walk past and they, they look into this into the radio show and they see who's in and we just got someone saying hi to us, which is nice. Hi. Oh, listen. Like, we, we both get excited about the same little vocal bit just there, didn't we? That yeah, shows you. he's got a... What a great... I mean, oh. amazing person uh, George Benson is. Yeah. Um, and also, it was a great honour. You can hear... I mean, there's my orchestra, really, at its best because they're all really... When they, you know, there's, when they play with you, when they, when they play with George Benson, they they... They try all that much harder. It's music that suits everybody, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not sure that was. I think amal- and the, the amalgamation of a number of different arrangements. But it's that thing of the big band playing itself, mm-hmm. but not either a not getting in the way, not sounding too clever. Yeah. Um, because you don't want to be, you know, for us, we don't want to. But, you, but at the same time, being sort of tasteful. The person I listened to, I listened to. Well, all the big bands I really liked. You know, it was quite a thing for me because not many people have big bands these days. But I listened to a lot. I mean. You know, I, I listened to lots of lots of Count Basie because mm, essentially mm. they were like a blues band, really. Yeah. But um, when I listened to, and, and Duke Ellington was the other person I listened to a lot, and Lionel Hampton actually was great because he was a boogieist before yeah. boogieists were born. Uh, and um, so they all had their own different things, but they were the three big. I mean, I listened to other things as well, but they were the three real big ones I, I listened to a lot. But Count Basie particularly because of the space mm. uh, and the dynamics. Mm. And I think I'm pleased space. when I listen to that. I'm pleased because we've given George enough space. It's no good if you're sort of making a load of noise when the singer's trying to sing we or play his solo. Off, off air, we were saying, because when I performed with you at the Royal Albert Hall, which is obviously such a, it's already quite scary and quite, you know, overwhelming, but when you have a full-on, you know, orchestra behind you, but your orchestra really knows when to, how to support. I felt like I was supported. I didn't feel like I was overshadowed or overwhelmed with it. You yeah, know, so and, and I think amazing. they also, they all feel personally, they're all part of it. It yeah. is like a band where they, 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 they really love the person, they want the best for the person. It's not like a load of session people who are just sort of trying there to, for the day, they were getting through it and just reading off. Or even trying, trying, to, trying to be seen, like, oh, let me yeah, hear me, yeah, let me hear me. Exactly. exactly. It's, about, it's about, you know, I mean, I think a lot of the music is knowing when to be in front and when to be in the back, you know, and... So hopefully we get that balance. Can't always you get it right, but I was you... pleased with that one because that you was got nice. You that balance every time I've seen it. Anyway, next, what's next? Thank you. So next, <laughs> so next we're going to go up the time, back up the time tunnel. Um, yeah. Because this is really early music, and again, you have to get your ear into this. But I do love this. Bessie Smith has got, I, uh, you know, my parents used to play her these her records, and I really love her voice. Yeah. I visited um, this little town um, uh, in Mississippi where she was taken. She was injured in a car crash. Got out. No, she had a little little car crash. She was all right. Got out of the car, and a car comes around the corner and hits her, and she was very badly injured. She was taken to this little hospital. Mm. Uh, where she died, and, I, and it, that hospital then became a little motel where all of the uh, travelling 
uh, African-American mus- musicians used to stay, including Aretha Franklin with her dad, okay. um, you know, uh, Sonny Boy Williamson with his... With, with, he used to have four rooms, one for himself and one for his girlfriend. Um, quite, <laughs> a, quite a racy little place, but there was this one room where Bessie Smith had uh, passed, away. Uh, passed away. And I went in there, and I, I'm not really... I, I'm not particularly, you know, a blubberer, but I'll tell you, when I went in there, it was, oh, it was just two or three of her in this room. I just couldn't, I hated the idea of it. It was all right. It was really made me... Really yeah, I felt sort of, like, it. Oh, yeah, I felt I had to, I felt very sad and, and, and left, yeah. But I love Bessie's voice. Mm. And one thing I really love about Bessie is she really couldn't care less. I think as a personality... Mm. You know, from what I've read, I never met her, but she was like, like that. You know, if she, she didn't like you in a clump, that was it. She didn't That's take, she didn't, she didn't take no messing about from anybody. She's got this amazing voice. A lot of the lyrics are very funny. She really has the voice of an opera singer. Mm. When you hear it, she sounds like an opera singer. She's mm. got that delivery. Now, this particular one, and some of the ones she did with just the piano players were amazing, with Fletcher Henderson, incredible. Here, I mean, it's very early jazz, yeah. so you've got to get your ear all into that, you Listen, know. They're There's, lucky, but, they're privileged but, to hear but, this. But, but, uh, but this is great. It's what a fantastic song, and it sums up. So it's a great blues lyric because mm. it is about... She also, by the way, she wrote or co-wrote, um, which I'm not going to play, but she co-wrote... Um, Taint Nobody's Business, and the lyrics on that are pretty no fantastic. Way. They'll break your heart, the ones on that. You, you, some of them are so tough on that, you know. Wow. But, she, uh, but this one, is, but the, the attitude in it is great because yeah. it's basically somebody going on a Saturday night, they is saying, give me a pig foot, a bottle of beer, uh, I'll have a gin and a reefer, and I don't care. I think give me a that's, pig that's, foot. That's, that's what it is. And no wonder, so then maybe when she's writing, uh, if I go to church on Sunday, cabaret all day Monday, don't, Take nobody's business if I do. Yeah. It's that same sort of attitude, yeah. you know. Piss off, uh, basically, it's, yeah. And it's like big, like proper characters. That, I love so that. That, 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 um, that also, I think perhaps in the London I grew up in, it was those sort of characters yes. that you'd see. Yes. You could see the same types of yeah. people. Yeah. And I think that's why in a lot of those old London pubs they like this sort of music. Yes, yes. Play me cause I'm in my sin. Play me cause I'm full of you know what? Give me a big pig's foot and a bottle of beer, mate. That's right. And don't ask yeah. me nothing, innit? Yeah. Get out of my business, yeah? Exactly. Don't that ask me it. nothing, George. That's it, yeah. <laughs> you got a problem or you can have a drink. Innit? You got <laughs> But you know... <laughs> It's, but it is. It's like you know. It's that is the record sort of sums up. <laughs> sort of, it's, it's working men's like we're in the docks. We're everywhere. We're just having a nice time now. Which one? Unless you've got a problem. Yeah, you you've got a problem. Yeah, we can go outside. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. like, just give me a pig's foot. Right? Yeah, that's it. You know. I like it. Well, so what year was this then? This music. I think that's it? maybe nineteen thirty. Thirties, early thirties, I think. They knew what early thirties, and some of her records. I mean, you know, there's a lot of innuendo in her records. She did, of course, which Nina Simone covered later. But she did. I need a little sugar in my bowl. I need a little jelly in my roll. She all. Oh. Uh, which was obviously there was a certain yeah, amount of innuendo, uh, yeah. uh, and she does a whole one actually. Her kitchen man is great. That's all about the fist. All uh, when he eats my donuts, all he's left is the hole. I mean, it's so. But she's singing it. She's singing it feeling, with with. Sorry, I don't wish to blow uh, the don't tone say of this. Sorry. But she but she she sings it with the, with some of this with the voice of an opera singer. I mean, I really. But she's like sort of Caruso. Or something. I want to hear that now. When, now when, you've when, mentioned when, it. Uh, well, I just noticed somebody told me the follow up. Somebody had an answer record, you know, like so. She did. I need a little sugar in my vault. Obviously, none of these were played on the white <laughs> radio. It's all at the time. But the, but the, the there was an answer record. I'm not sure who did the answer record, whether it's Ma, Ma Rainey or whoever it was. But the answer record was called 
get up off your knees, Daddy, you won't win me back that way. <laughs> I mean, talk about... I mean, it's like... But it's like the English Music Hall, yeah. which was happening in London at the time. It's those sort of titles. But it's the same it. thing, but with the blues. You know, it's, it's the it. same... And you could imagine the little halls or the halls where they're playing yeah. and then sort of, whoa, when I do that. Sort of, you know, the, you know the, it was, it, that's what I mean, the humour of the blues. Oh, the blues is funny, it. you know, as, as, well yes. as, it's as well as being sad. You know, she does ones that will break your heart, mm. but the next moment it's like, well, I'm laughing because what if I... If, but when you see me laughing, it's to keep from crying. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's so sad. Mm. Kind of it's sad, it's happy, but yeah. it's sad. So, yeah. oh. so there we oh, are. Oh, that's amazing. Now, what about what we got next? Oh, Marvin Gaye, thanks. Ooh. Marvin, come on, Marvin. And Marvin. So I've, I first really heard Marvin because um, I used to get all the Motown. This is, you know, I suppose the Motown chart busters, volume one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> uh, you know, each each Christmas I think one came out, and okay. my nan used to get them for me because um, uh, I must have been sort of going between sort of nine, ten, eleven, or whatever it was. Yeah. And so I get them and then play them. To bits, and I'd first heard uh, Marvin's voice on there, along with Smokey Robinson, all these oh. other like amazing people, um, and uh, and Levi and the, from the Four Tops, his voice, all oh. those voices, you know, and was so getting to that. Anyway, um, but this one I particularly like because I think it's such a lovely, it's an amazing lyric, and quite a different vibe. And this was on the record. I'm trying to remember the name of the title of the album, but it was the follow-up to um, Let's Get It On, uh, um, with uh, with um, which had uh, um, uh, brother, 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 da, 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 what's that one? Um, no, no, I love the fact you have to sing it through it to me to find it. That's what's dope. That's what's wicked. Edit all this way. Anyway, here This was the follow up to this big album, and it didn't really, it wasn't. And this album, which this is from, this mm. next track, wasn't particularly a big hit. Mm. But I think this song is really, really a great song. Yeah. And there's Marvin sort of just, it's like, oh, it's, just, it's just lovely. It's, it's delicious. Marvin, it? It's Marvin, it's delicious. Yeah, I literally, I was just saying, as this is finishing, I want to be there. As, as I'm hearing it play, I want to be there live. And also what we're saying as well, it could be could be now, what you're saying yeah, yeah. right now. It could be now what he's saying. I mean, I think that's the great thing about all great music, mm. really, is that it's timeless and it's and often it's message. Mm. Or it's, you know, it, as somebody once said, like, in just in a Louis Armstrong trumpet solo, there's, that's all you need to say. You don't need to hear anything. It's as relevant now as it ever was. Yes, and what, everything you need to hear about his life, you can hear in it. 100%. That song as well with Marvin that we just heard, sounds like it could have been recorded yesterday as well to right. me. It doesn't sound like it's old or new. It just sounds like a recording. Like a live but, recording. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But also, the thing is, it does sound like it's captured a special moment, mm -hmm. you know, which is something different to when, you know, it's just a moment it's captured yeah. of them all just playing it. <laughs> I've just turned to the camera and smiled. So I'm a showbiz pro. You're just Mask such a pro. Oh my god, you make me, you make me laugh. So, <laughs> what have we got next? We've got, got Ruby, you have to play. Oh, Ruby, well, of course, I've got, if I get in trouble, if I didn't Ruby's play Ruby. my mother, she's gonna cuss you out if you don't play Adata's music, yeah? That's so, right, play exactly. it now. That's, yeah? that's right, that's exactly. <laughs> but, but, but I was speaking to her mother earlier today, actually. I was with Ruby earlier today, and that's exactly what her mother said. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Ruby, I've worked with for. For a long love time, her. Ever, so we love Ruby, and of course, uh, um, like you, she's uh, originally from Jamaica. She's the same age as me. She came over when she was a child on her own. She was sent over, really, yeah, and oh. then joined her mum later, sort of mm. thing, you know. 
that's crazy. and uh and anyway um she is a wonder and um I'll, i would like to play this just because we love ruby and i know that she'll be really love us both if we play this ruby will love you as a queen in this year legend you see it right <laughs> Listen, go on, Ruby. That, that's not going to see me, you know. That's like, you know, Dear Ruby. About. Dear Ruby, it's a marvel. She knows she is. And, you know, I love the fact that every time when, you, when she comes on the show, the relationship between you two is just so beautiful and it's real. And you always big up. I see it on your face, always. And, uh, and it's always. always it's, but it's really, when you... I'm very lucky because when you work with people you really love mm -hmm. that's great and 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 um and when you sort of it's it's great when the people play and sing fantastically but if you get on with the people that's really great as well then 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 you've got the whole thing and so and you can build differently yeah. because you can actually talk to each other and mold yeah. it in a and, better and, way and you sort of know what the what's required without having to talk too much you know so which is great but i think if a lot of the time if you listen to the same music as somebody else you have another way of communicating that's with true them, you know? that's very true that's why I knew this, that's why I knew today, even though I was nervous, but I knew that today was going to be great because you just, I oh, just you. And blather on, unstoppably. We love you blathering. <laughs> we love a bit of blather. Because I blather all the time, so it's fine. Um, how many songs have we got left? We've got three more left. Are we going to, do we still got time for them? So, yep. what's next? What's next? What's next? Is it Big Joe Turner next? Ooh. Okay, thank you, Georgia. Now, so Big Joe Turner, right. From Ruby Turner to Big Joe Turner. Bra, 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 thank bra. you, yes. Thank you. Seamless, <laughs> seamless. professional broadcaster. Bra, bra. Um, Big Joe Turner is really, he used to be called the boss of the blues. He started in in 1930s. He was known as a singing bartender. He worked in Kansas City, which was the most sort of corrupt city after Rome in the ancient world uh, in the 1930s with um, uh, Pete Johnson and Big Joe Turner, oh. who were, uh, sorry, Pete Johnson and Albert Ammons, like, who were like the sort of inventors of boogie-woogie music. Mm. And really, some would say, and I'd concur, the inventors of rock and roll. Oh. Because there would be no Little Richard or any of that without... Big, uh, Pete Johnson and Big Joe Turner. Okay. So it was their music that was just given a bit more of a beat and it became rock and roll. Here's Big Joe, and I think it's Pete Johnson on the, on the piano on this, but whenever I hear his voice, and again, he's the it's the blues that couldn't care less. It's the blues that is not particularly well-educated, but is very knowing. And it's the blues that has got this giant... It's got a larger-than-life generosity about it. And it's, again, you want him to be your friend. I, I met him once. I never played with him. It would have been my dream to, because I've been listening to his, vo his voice I've loved yeah. since I was really a little boy. And, you know, again, I, I didn't realise... That he wasn't, he didn't, he didn't live at the end of my did nan's he, road. Did, 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 no, <laughs> another one. Another one. Another <laughs> one. Wow. You know, it's crazy because obviously now the time, we've literally got like another five to ten minutes left before we can finish the rest of the show. <laughs> I know, right? Everyone that comes on always says, oh my God, I can't believe I've done that. This two hours have gone so fast. But when I first do it, everyone's like, two hours? That's too long. But it's never too long. No, I want the listeners to know that, in fact, it's my pet um, vole that, uh, and I'm just wiping his nose, putting him back in my pocket. <laughs> now that happens, I do it all the time, so it's fine. But, um, Jules, seriously, it's been such a pleasure to have oh, you. Oh, it's on. been an absolute joy because right. you know you you speak music, you sing music, you understand music, and so you sort of understand what I'm blathering on about. Mm. And so hopefully that will make it easy for the people. You can translate for people at home. <laughs> Yeah, and the reason, see, the thing is, the mountain pot for me, the reason I have it on is because of people that have inspired me, have shaped me. And when I watch your show, like, I've always seen how you just give love to so many different types of genres. You don't discriminate. And I feel like I feel quite, for us, quite similar where we just love music. So, if it's, as you said, if you're real and you're authentic, we're there with you. If That's you're right. not, I don't know if I can really connect yeah, with you. Yeah, and I think. And 
and I think people that you can people that love music is a different sort of thing. It's not about fashion. Or it's about, not about fashion. Or what's new or what's old. It's like and the thing. Great music could be five minutes old or five hundred years old. You know, I listen to some. I listen to some fantastic classical music. Mm. I mean, and the thing is, with a lot of the this, a lot of the blues music or the ska music or whatever that we've been playing, people have probably been playing music that's got this great vibe. They were probably doing that like two hundred years ago, but nobody knows what they sounded like because they couldn't write it down. But there you go. And and a lot of it is. When you hear the person playing it, you understand it. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's only since, you know, I suppose in the last hundred years we can record it, mm -hmm, we can hear mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. But it's always been going on this great music. And documenting it. And yeah. you can keep, the more you look, is the other thing, it's the more you find the more all the you time. Find. You keep sort of finding another little, putting another little bit together somewhere well, along you've the line been of it. Absolutely amazing guest on the metal point. And you've made so many, I think people now, when they watch Jules now, when they listen to this, they're going to be like, oh! So we've got one more song left before we say goodbye. Um, what's the last song? So um, I haven't chosen a big band piece up till now, I don't think, apart from my, one of my own band. But mm. I think, but one of the real masters of the big band, um, I mean, you could have a show just on big bands, couldn't you? But one of the masters of it was Duke Ellington because the, the, or, the, the orchestrations, many of which he did with Billy Strayhorn or whatever, but the, Duke Ellington, he, when you hear his sound... He it's an, it is a uh, an extension of him to me. You're mm -hmm. hearing him, his imagination, his fantastic view on music. He wrote a book called "Music Is My Mistress," which oh, you just it. duck in and out of. You uh, um, you know, and you'll just have two pages, and it'll be why an old lady that showed him the piano when he was sort of ten or something. Why was she was fantastic? There was yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Um, one one, you might hear something talking later about like he'll just talk about like um, philosophical thoughts. Like it doesn't, you know, it's it's not about fashion. It, everybody makes music. Everybody makes their own sound. Whether it's like somebody who just sort of taps on a lamppost or mm. hums or whatever. Everybody, you know, whatever their own. It's just all of our sounds are different, and we just have and um, and and his one had evolved was a highly evolved and and, and an extraordinary one which involved a whole big band and a lifetime of recording. He could really swing Legends. when he wants to. I'm going to play this, which actually Julian Joseph introduced me to this. Yeah. I had to speak Julian up for this because I hadn't heard it before. He introduced it to me about 15 years ago or something. And it's a, I think it's one of the last records that Duke Ellington made. It's, okay. it's from the 70s. And... Um, it's called Sweet for New Orleans, is what the al album's called. Yeah. And also all of his band, because he had the same people in his band forever, they're playing it. On this on this track, you hear Johnny Hodges playing a saxophone solo, and I think not long after this recording, he died. And mm. then a couple of others died, and then it was the end of them, really, because okay. they just all got very old. Okay. But this track... Um, and this whole album, I think, so to me, it sounds timeless. It sounds like it could be made last week or next or whenever. This is blues for New Orleans. It's a blues one because I've been sticking with the blues. When you hear some of the other tracks on there, they're as equally as extraordinary and as timeless and capturing a big band at its most relaxed. Okay. They've been playing together. They're not even thinking about it, but the arrangement's great. Now, there's also a fantastic organ he's with. I'm sorry I'm going on, you but there's a bit to explain. Now, I know you've got I know you've got I know you I know you've got to get on. I love you. But there's but a fantastic on. organ and, and piano battle going on here with, yeah. with Duke. So um there we are. Blues for New Orleans. Thank you for having well, me. Thank thank you. I love you. You're awesome. Terry Walker the Mountain Pot Survey Bloop 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 bye. <laughs> Thank you. 